Welcome to the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show. Hello, Think Fit, Be Fit. Welcome and happy new year again. We are uh, ending our series on the fresh fitness perspective today. And um, I have an in-person guest, which is so exciting because this doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And um, we just got done talking about so many wonderful things. So we're nice and juiced up for you. Um, So welcome. Please introduce yourself and where we can find you on the internet. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Christopher Ortisakis. I'm an exercise physiologist from Washington, D.C., just down the street. You can find me at aligningfascia.com. <laughs> uh, I'm like totally removed from those aspects of the business, but also on uh, Instagram at aligningfascia, and mine is uh, at crodusakis. Yes. Rodusakis. Is that Greek? Yeah, it's very Greek. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland, basically on the border from D.C. and Virginia. Oh, Sorry, okay. D.C. and Maryland. Uh-huh. Uh, and Freudian slipped when I said Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I moved to D.C. when I was 21, and I haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah. I'm from, I'm from the other part of Maryland, very northern Maryland, Hartford oh. County. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very cool. I mean, okay. Those farmlands, I mean, are pretty amazing. Oh my God. Not that you're in farmland. Oh, I was. (laughs) I was. And honestly, um, it created, it's such a big part of my story, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I grew up next to a operational corn farm and was exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, um, Forever chemicals? Chemicals yeah. and Aberdeen Proving Ground, which is also exposure yes. to a lot of chemicals. And my mother died of a neurological condition. So oh. it's a big part of my story growing up next to that, all those corn farm, corn stalks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I would like to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then on top of that, the house that we lived in, we lived on a um, corn plantation. And we lived in the carriage house and used a brick oven. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I grew up, kind of barefoot in the country. I was say, was this in the lo- with, or? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, plus pesticides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, not that funny. Yeah, that's um, that's my Maryland story, and I'm still an Orioles fan. How about that? Oh wow, that's, <laughs> that's cool. A, that's a big part of my Maryland yeah. story. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're here to talk about the kind of um, a big like perspective in exercise culture and you know it can take us forward it can take us backwards it's because professionals like us we've been in the field for quite a while you know culturally we're looking at you know things that influence us and how we make decisions and how we invest our time our money in exercise and what it does to us so I, I'm inviting the audience really to open up their minds so that we can kind of declutter all the messaging from maybe 2022 and before. And I, 
especially before, because so many of those stories about how we used to be fit and how how the magazines looked when we were kids, like yeah. stick with us. And we just like keep repeating it. So like fresh fitness perspective is also for that to like wipe it clean mm-hmm. so you can get more a more sustainable thoughtful process going in general. So if your client needed that, like what would you, how would you guide them in that kind of thought process? We are kind of, we we thankfully are in a position where we have no advertising, we have no signs on our door. Um, And so we get sent a lot of referrals and a lot of times we'll get people who come through the door who look literally like they're magazine covers themselves. And the problem is they're in such severe pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've achieved this sort of Instagram body that they thought would bring them happiness and, and pain-free living, uh, but they ended up being in more pain than ever. And it's just, we have to kind of teach that, I think, you know, first, you know, the foundation I think has to be laid, but then obviously coming back to it, even when you've achieved that sort of quote unquote perfect body, Mm -hmm. does it move well? Does it have the capacity for, you know, force, you know, transmission, Mm -hmm. force dispersion, all these things that we have to like really restore and continue to kind of keep up. Uh, I think that's kind of a dialogue, you know, it sounds nerdy, but it's something that Mm -hmm. we have to kind of keep up with and, you know, soft tissue as a sort of means of connecting with your body, becoming not just aware of it, but, you know, embodying your body, I think, is something what we are obsessed with teaching people. We don't want them to just come to us when they're broken. We want them to kind of maintain and sort of support a healthy, holistic, well-functioning and well-regulating body. I think that'll be one of the quotes I pull from the episode, <laughs> embodying the body. Yeah, that, I yeah, I do also see many clients that, you know, need that it's like that's a big message to receive and it takes a lot of courage to step through and say man i was maybe doing something wrong yeah. or i had a or you know just thank god for all those things that got me here yeah. you know and, yeah. it, and it takes a lot of courage to work through that and get there so yeah so glad to have you as a neighbor for that you yeah, know keep yeah beautiful. okay so we're bringing up a, a hot topic in fitness marketing culture and um, companies trying to sell more stuff, which is body positivity. You know, it came in pretty strong for me when uh, Gregory and I, my producer, co-producer, and I, um, you know, just were seeing uh, different body types in the windows of stores. And he's in the middle of Manhattan in the Flatiron on 20th. 20th Street. So he's really in the middle of it. And he's like, there these bigger models, uh, mannequins in the windows are everywhere. And okay, is this helpful? Is it not? So what's your take? I mean, I think it can be. (laughs) We study, you know, adipose tissue and it's uh, supportive qualities and it can be healthy or it could be your best friend or it could be your worst enemy. And Mm. it can come in different sizes. It can ebb and flow. And I think it's just it really just depends. And I think, you know, we have to kind of look at so many other factors. It's hard to say. And I, I, I never like to tell somebody when they come in, they look heavier than the normal. Like, mm-hmm. this is a bad thing. Because sometimes they move beautifully and they're pain-free. And why would I intervene <laughs> yeah. with that? Yeah. You know, like, that's their body's happy set point, especially for that period in their life. Because then I get some emaciated person who would be 
you know, like Kate Moss's doppelganger from like the 90s, mm-hmm. and they're like in the worst pain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that one person needs to eat more, yeah. one person needs to eat less. It's just, it's hard to say it. It's not an answer, but it's, yeah. I, you know, I don't really. I'm more fascinated by it. Uh, yeah. But I have I less I, I don't judge it. And it's something that, you know, after twenty five years in the business, <laughs> I think it's kinda cool. But if something moves well, I'm happy. Mm. Nice. Okay. That is a really good way to say it. And I do I will stick up for Kate Moss and say I think it's very <laughs> difficult to lay around smoking cigarettes and get fitting beans. <laughs> And also, her daughter Lila Moss is her is her doppelganger, and oh, she really? is a supermodel. And I, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> I say, I have to say this often. I like following celebrity kids. It is fascinating. <laughs> well, yeah. How do they turn out? Like, I want to know. You got all the resources. How yeah. do I go with that? Truly. Yeah. It could be amazing. Yeah. Or it could be the worst thing ever. You could crash and burn. Um. So, anyways, yeah. I, it's uh, interesting to think that the. I think what I'm hearing from you is you are fascinated by adaption and how the body can adapt. And so you and I have a really a unique experience with working with cadavers. You have more experience than I do, but in I would say if you get into a lab, if one gets into a lab and they see the organs and there's cert, like adipose tissue, tissue, fat tissue, and you see it on there, especially like a liver or something like that, yeah. and you're like, how was this person walking around? Yeah. And then you are you go down this rabbit hole. It's a, it's oh, That's hard, that's hard. But then you're like, wow, that's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I see that with my clients. I, I had a one client in particular. He had a double knee replacement. He was in the fire fighting education business and mm. he ran the program here at DCA oh, wow. for the uh, I guess the Port Authority is what it's called I don't know and um, he had lost all this weight and he was like I just need help with this tight adductor and I'm like that's it yeah <laughs> and, and you know what he was thriving yeah and I was just like this is amazing and I'm just gonna help him with his adductor and we spent probably about two months together, and I think I remember helping him, and um, it was just a really good experience for yeah. me, you know, and just be, stepping back and saying, you know, his body is, is really good at what he's doing. Yeah. Even though he still had to get two knee replacements, probably from crawling around all those years. Exactly. It's and hard to know. it's hard to know. And, but the way that he was operating currently, and he was active and happy and proud of himself yeah. and confident. A man over sixty in that position is amazing. Yeah, what more could you ask for? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, if you're out there, <laughs> get in touch. Let me know how you're doing. <laughs> and his name is totally blanking. Oh, anyways, so body positivity. We've had. I I just think it's because um, on one side of the internet, you're gonna see a version of it where we are just uh, encouraged to be accepting of all waistlines and that any body moving is a good body is a good movement yeah and it's just like okay that's like maybe that's that's the just do it end you know just okay let's like not judge and get it and get moving and then on the other end of the internet you have behavior that is 
you know, could be considered, I don't know, like incel, like toxic, but also very logical in some ways and saying there's no way that's healthy. Like, yeah. why would we promote that? Yeah. And so I don't know where, what on this, where on the line spectrum or do you, do you, I know, do I you do, think? I do find it fascinating. Like, uh, you know, FRC culture where they're like a functional range condition. Okay. Right. FRC. Yeah. yeah. They're like obsessed with being able, well, they think everything begins in the joint and I have problems yeah. with that concept. And rage. And rage. Yeah. Enrage. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's not get too crazy. But I do like Really interesting Instagrams. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and there are hypnotic movement patterns. Yes. Yes. But being able to control, and I kind of go back, it goes back to like sort of embodying your body, but being able to kind of own your body, you're not like leasing this thing. You are owning it. Mm. It's, it's your vehicle for mm. interaction in the world. And being able to kind of like control its movement, I, I just find that to be like the the epitome of sort of self-actualized movement to, to be able to like own movement uh, and not just be a sort of victim of its, you know, incapacity. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, I don't know, I just, I'm a kind of, we were talking about this before, but I have so many things swirling in my brain because mm -hmm. going into this, I'm like, what is body positivity? I want to talk about like the nerdy uh, sort of uh, characteristics of adipose tissue, how it stores forever mm. chemicals and mm. all that stuff. But that, you know, it goes back to like how much should we encourage people to be happy where they are and how much should we encourage people to sort of maybe, just maybe, try to improve where they are doesn't mean you have to kind of go down to a size zero, but do try and kind of gain a little bit greater capacity, especially just from a movement standpoint. So uh, a tissue quality standpoint, mm. so that you're not in pain. You can do what you want to do. Mm. Tissue quality. I kind of want to dig into that a little bit. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a good door to open. Okay, producer, cue the uh, door opening sound. <laughs> is it a creaky door? Is yeah, it? <laughs> I don't, I, well, actually, I think it's more like the, uh, it could be also like the gladiator entrance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ba-ba. Like, <laughs> um, anyways, so tissue quality. So, you know, I think uh, that would be, that would make some of my clients roll their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And until you show them, yeah. skin is a diagnostic tool in mm. some ways. Oh, interesting. So yeah. we use like uh, a little bit of the structural integration approach of body reading. Mm. And it's almost an osteopathic lens if you go back even farther. But like skin can sometimes be a, a, an indicator of deeper dysfunction or mm. good function. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you, we see people, well, oftentimes we want them to strip down, not completely naked, um, but enough so we can see their movement without sort of any barrier because I'm going to see does that skin work with the adipose tissue with the muscle and the periosteum of the bone in some cases is there a congruent contraction throughout those layers are they agreeing are they disagreeing is sometimes the skin or a scar providing mm. you know restriction mm. and if you're wearing so many layers of clothes I can't you know see that and mm. oftentimes when we try and get an intake form it's hard to remember that you fell off a swing when you were 12 and had to get seven stitches, you know. Mm. So we can then kind of scan the body for what we call tissue quality in addition to movement analysis and kind of paint a more complete picture. But yeah, I think the cool thing about it is that can change and that's our conduit for change. We work on skin and adipose tissue, you know, superficial fascia in order to 
change the deeper layers when we do manual therapy. Mm. So I just can go down that rabbit hole forever. Okay, so what is superficial fascia and adipose tissue? Like, are they hanging out together? Yeah, so uh, superficial fascia will house adipose tissue. So okay, okay. below the skin, you'll have superficial adipose tissue, superficial fascial membrane, then deep adipose tissue. And if those live in harmony, like you can kind of tell what layer you're in by the sort of orientation of the fat cells, like the, the adipocytes will be kind of like oriented more vertically or diagonally, and they'll afford more glide and slide depending on where you are in the body. And so we kind of are obsessed with that because we want to see, obviously we can only see so much without, you know, peering into the body with ultrasound or other sort of imaging, but we can usually tell by palpation and by movement if those layers are working well. Mm. And it's really cool. It's yeah. like phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to assess that, especially around the scar could really give people some insight into, you know, movement blockages or why they might not even have sensations. Yeah. yeah. So, well, whatever appropriate sensations. I don't know. Well, yeah, cause take I, that word out. a scar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a scar in your hip could have a cascade effect into the rib cage. It could create okay. a breathing pattern disorder. Yes. It could create a knee pain. It could create so many things. And so we had somebody recently who had, uh, you know, a bar implanted in his uh, rib cage to correct the uh, uh, pectoralis excavatum. I can't remember the exact term, but that sort of concavity of the chest. And that- Was it aesthetic? You know, that's the thing. You couldn't, yeah. <sighs> they said that it was gonna create impacts on his organ function if he didn't correct it, but I mean, how do you say no to that? Exactly, yeah. right? Let me look into that. <laughs> and also, I've had a few scoliosis patients. We actually do sure, work yeah. with a lot of them yeah. who get told the same thing, like, yeah. this could kill you. And it's like, what? Yeah. When was the last time you, I mean, in severe cases, yes, Yeah. it's possible. But if you're trying to obfuscate and, and scare somebody into a surgery, then you're like really a dick. Sorry mm, if you say mm. but, Dick, dick, dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting because the cascade effects of his scars, like he was having all these neck pains. Yeah. And until we started working on those scars and trying to free up some of that fascial restriction, we couldn't even touch his neck because it was just, you know, a fruitless cause. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, we, we get a lot of people with neck pain and sometimes it's a hard sell to be like, I can't touch your neck until we work through the abdominal yeah. know, contractions. And they're like, I didn't come here for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're like, well, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we, again, like, you know, when you get personal referrals, it's, um, or referrals, it can be tough sometimes because they have an expectation. Um, anyways, that's, that's the good cool. thing is they usually yeah. know that we're weirdos, and yeah, that we'll find a, yeah, know, it'll be a circuitous elsewhere. route, yeah. perhaps, <laughs> but, um, and everybody's a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. There's no manual. Oh, and that's the thing that's like really <laughs> like a big deal. People need to realize that we're still guessing. We, I've seen thousands of, you know, tens of thousands of people at this point in my career, but I still don't know definitively that this is going to work until I try a few things. Mm. And I think it's disingenuous for us to kind of come at it with so much sincerity, or like so much, you know, like, oh, I know this is your, your problem. This is the solution. Yeah. You squatted like that and that's definitely a problem. Yeah. Like really? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. There's so many factors. It was one squat. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, so I think how to tie this back to body positivity or how I would like to, or how it's happening in my head is you and I have been working in this field combined 35 years, let's put it that, maybe more. And we're constantly assessing and reassessing and trying to remove judgment as much as possible. So it would seem ridiculous to people like you and I that people walk in the door with hard judgments on their body and not accepting it for where it is in this day and time. Yeah. Because it can change fast. Mm -hmm. And it might not, obviously we know externally things don't, might not look the same but you know when things it's like you can only change on a micro level so you got to do it a little bit at a time and a little bit every day and be mindful of that it is micro and you can't force it so i think it's uh that's where i would bring it back to body positivity yeah yeah that's cool well, congrats to us. We now consider fascia an emotional fabric. So how you're feeling that day internally is going to manifest externally. So if you're going for a photo shoot and you feel like shit, if you're mm-hmm. like dealing with depression or whatever. Anxiety, you might have shit in, <laughs> sitting there. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like you, it will convey. It yeah. will convey in the skin. Yeah. And that's sort of like when you radiate, there's there's so many reasons for it. Ah. Like, it's a yeah. thing that's like getting into like vibrations. Like mm. we, there's just, we can go down this as a separate podcast, mm-hmm. but it's like, we need to respect the biopsychosocial factors mm. that have an impact on how we look and feel. Mm-hmm. Cause if we discount those, it's not just mechanical. Like we test people inside the studio, but we're also looking to see how they're feeling that day. Cause mm. if they're looking, you know, if their cat just died, they're not going to do so well. Mm. And, or if they didn't get a good night's sleep for any reason, uh, we have to take that into account. That's not going to be a good day to do, you know, PR. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is, depending on that person. Maybe mm. that's going to be the fuel they need to kind of like rage through. But um, we just have to take into account all those factors. And there's so many, since it's so multifactorial, it's kind of hard, but mm-hmm. it's also exciting. It just makes us as practitioners have to pay attention. Mm. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, a lot of details. So, okay. Yes, you're right. There is another podcast coming. And two, this isn't... Well, I think it could be... It is a body positivity topic. How does the consortia fascia people know that it's an emotional... There's an emotional fabric to it. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Actually, what's cool at the Fashion Research Congress in Montreal this past September, there was a lot of cool studies on this. Dr. Schleip, Dr. Robert Schleip for the audience, had this really fantastic study on depression and its impacts on fascia. And there was another one, I f- forgive me, whoever that was. It, it just, it, there's enough out there that points in this direction, and obviously we have to do more mm-hmm. research on it, but there's anecdotal evidence of it when you're depressed, you're gonna be kind of slumped over. When you're happy, you're definitely gonna be a little bit more upright. Yeah. But there's now scientific evidence to back it. And, you know, without, because I didn't review the research. Sure, yeah, yeah, I just said, yeah. But look it up. (laughs) Pull it out of your pocket. exactly. (laughs) Um, It's just, it's cool because it's now not just, you know, conjecture. We're not just pulling it out of our ass. It's, Mm. there's legitimate evidence to point to, 
you know, one's state of mind and the impacts on the soft tissue that then governs the muscle tissue. In our view, mm. uh, and I hate to say this, but muscles are a fascist bitch. Mm. And yeah. it's, if it operates how, you know, well, things are harmonious. If it doesn't, you're gonna, you know, be in trouble. Yeah. And yeah, and so that would be the interesting conversation to have because like I feel the opposite where the Exactly. Yeah. Is that funny? Yeah, and that's really cool. And um but so I wanna know from like the researcher point of view, like how did you get to the point be like to be like, I need to look at emotions and fascia and yeah. skin. What's a, an underlying rationale? Well, because we see so many of that, like what I was saying before, if somebody comes in and they're really like, you know, down and out, there's impacts on performance. And so a lot of this is funded by, you know, decent money. Mm-hmm. But we need to know, like, it's not just, you know, we can't just say, oh, well, this person has great muscle tissue, you know, uh, or the neuromuscular capacity or, or neuromuscular efficiency, but that could be on Wednesday. By Friday, they could be a complete mess, and it's the same person, and nothing changed except they got two bad nights sleep, mm-hmm. and you know they're depressed about you know something, and so that's what was the sort of impetus for the study, and I, I'm glad they did it because we need to do more because mm-hmm. we need to as practitioners be able to spot that, and there's some things that honestly we don't have to necessarily even get into with our clients and patients. Yeah, because I run away from that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we can kind of file that in the back of our brains and be like, you know what? Today isn't the best day to push that. Yeah, yeah. That's when I roll the, like, my clients know, like, I'm sensing their doom gloom when I roll the red light over. Yeah. And I'm like, you just going to sit here for a second? (laughs) And they're like, okay. Yeah, and then they start taking off their shirt, and it's great. Yeah. To get more red light. Um, It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of like a, a cool... Um, nonverbal cue. You know, yeah. when you see them like slumped over, you know, you don't even need to really ask much. Yeah. You could probe if you're, if you have that relationship with them, but if they're new, maybe not. Yeah. No, sometimes we, um, we do little surveys like on a one to 10, where you at on your yeah. motivation? And we just ask it simple because yeah. I think it's really great when people step up and they give us that info. Yeah. And if you give them the opportunity, be like, can you tell me? Totally. Or, you know, they'll just they'll just shut down. They'll say, mm, I don't know. What do you mean? And, you know, that, I mean, maybe the opportunity yeah. passed for that day. But if they take that opportunity to open up, I really, we want to honor that. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, there's so much fun stuff to dig into here. But I've got a different, we're going in a different direction. Okay. Okay, so. Is this a U-turn or? Yeah, well, no, it's a, it's a, (laughs) no, it's a big, uh, it's a helicopter ride up. Oh, shit. No, just like what, I wanted to talk about some wellness trends that I, I picked up from the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So MindBody did a survey Mm. to their customers, which you and I kind of understand that's a, that's probably a big pool of people, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also, you know, it's it's also mind body's gonna people that are using mind body are probably more affluent than not. Good point. So we want to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but they picked out five wellness trends from their their big customer survey this year, Ooh. and so I just I'm gonna. I didn't see those. I want to know. Okay, so one of them, well, they were pretty exciting overall. So one of them was that the millennials and. Gen Z are combined the Generation W, which is wellness. Oh. 
and <laughs> yeah, so that there's a, this this huge generation, yeah, and it, millennials is a huge group of people, especially in where we are. DC's just it's yeah, full of them. it's got to be yeah, it's got to be some kind of millennial yeah. capital here, and that they are foregoing like the crash diets of the era of like Cher and Cindy Crawford for, you know, actual wellness Mm -hmm. treatments. And in some cases, like, yeah, they're choosing wellness over some of just the more like party culture things, I guess. Yeah, I I think when I think about that, I'm like the DC millennial party culture is very very strong. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Binge drinking capital of America. Binge drinking still. capital, yeah. So I'm not quite seeing that from my point of view, but I also see maybe just because there's so many people and it's like a huge diverse group. Yeah. That's and and I know in my generation, like a, I'm a, a what you call an elder millennial. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on the. Oldest end. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know that so many of me and myself and friends and peers are motivated to be the opposite of our parents, which sure. is a lot yes. of baby boomers yeah. just uh, signing up for Medicare and being yeah. like, cut my toe off. Yeah. You know? Um, or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Cut my toe off and give me the pills. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know where I came up with the toe. Um, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, just or it's like replace the joint. I yes, guess that's exactly. the more relatable. Exactly. Yeah, most parents of most most of our peers probably have a parent that has a joint replaced. Yeah, and at the first sign of pain, if you go to I just went the other day to an orthopedic doctor with my mom, not to kind of go. Bless your heart. It was yeah. so painful, and yeah. I had to like bite my tongue the whole time because oh. he said some bullshit. Yeah, that was not true. First mm-hmm. of all, he told her to ice mm-hmm. daily. I mean, and just, you know, regardless of Dr. Gabe Merkin's research from 2015 that refuted his original study on the Rice Method, for those of you in the Oh, that's right, yeah. That's a big deal. Total reversal. Yeah, Yeah. did you not read that research? That's Mm -hmm. been around for, like, eight years. I'm sorry, like, you know, but... Eight years, yeah. Telling her to ice daily is not a solution. Mm. It's going to just sort of gel that tissue. It's going to make, it's going to stagnate. It's not going to bring the global fluid exchange to the area to make her feel better. Mm. Um, Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's just a big deal. Like, you know, and also, like, he squeezed her knee so hard. And, of course, she's going to yell out. And it just was so annoying. And it was so low on the totem pole of what I expected in terms of, like, healthcare. And he was, like, really highly recommended. So, Dang. Um, anyways, <laughs> it, it, I, my mom, though, didn't yeah. see it that way because I talked to her about it afterward because I, yeah. I, I didn't want to intervene until, you know, she didn't sign up for surgery. I just wanted to see what he was going to say. Uh, but she was like, oh, he seems so smart. And, he, you know, he says I need a knee replacement. I'm like, mom, yeah, of course he's going to fucking <laughs> say that. Like, <laughs> he's like, he said I'm bone on bone. I was like, did you look at the same x-ray I did? Because you were close on one side, but I can tell you why. In the peasant's rhinus, yeah, like, yeah. duh, that's where you're tight. That's where you have pain. Uh, but you're not bone on bone. Like, yeah. And it's just like that level of just, and that's where I'm just Those, like, uh, name tags. <laughs> they get it, they'll be like, hi, I'm bone on bone. Exactly. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. It's such a classic thing. And I, yeah. I think we need to make fun of them on with memes because, like, mm. The only way to make them change is to show them yeah. how ridiculous they are. Yeah, Ron Swanson could be really helpful from Parks and Rec. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need that. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's perfectly suited because you know you're you're a beautifully bearded man, so this is great. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's a good trend, obviously, but I think it's also true. When I think about all the wellness providers I know, we're all busy yeah. right now. Yeah, we are. People need help. Yep. And our clients are getting young mm-hmm. and younger. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Like, yeah. and now that you give me that statistic, now I see that there's, you know, these are numbers that are, I'm sure, nationwide or if not global. Because yeah. my body is global, I think. Um, is my body global? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like yeah. my friend in Australia is I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other trend they brought up, which was, I thought was great, which was really, one part of this took me by surprise was, uh, they used the term like, you know, basically that some, most females, they said 43% of their audience, a lot, not most. So that's a good chunk preferred women only studios. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. And they also in the same paragraph said it's not taboo to talk about periods because now it's really chic and in style to sync your training with your cycle and i have mixed feelings on this because you know i love working out Mm -hmm. and i love consistency and i love like it's like my badge of honor right it's like my secret sauce Mm -hmm. but then i also realized that and we talked about this a lot in a recent episode with a acupuncturist. Her name was Enuin Sauce. Oh, wow. Uh, ice, ice, uh, Russian. Wait, that was her real name? Yeah, Enuin oh, wow. Sauce. Enuin's, okay, I butchered it, but That's I'm going to include it in the show notes because um, it was a great episode. But we also talked about like that structure of consistency is very patriarchal. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it doesn't apply to women. Because, you know, men wake up with a, a similar hormone cycle every day and women do not. Yeah. And that's, um, a, yeah, that's a whole other topic now, yeah. too. Truly. And, like, the body positivity, welcoming thing is, you know, like, identifying in gender. Yeah. So... That's another topic. But anyway, so that was the that was their trend was women not being taboo about their period. Mm-hmm. And you know, it would be a really refreshing trend to like make it less about like the excuse of For sure. hey, it's my I it's my second day, it's my yeah. heavy day and I don't feel good instead of just taking it to the negative place, like taking it to the constructive place. Yeah, like, I mean, adapt for it. Like, where you are that day, you're going to have to take that into account. But you don't necessarily have to, like, not train or, you know, feel... But again, so many people are so different Mm. at different parts in their life. And I have a... I'm the only man in my studio right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. so I have... I work with uh, three other females, and it's amazing because, you know... One could argue, like, I relate well to them, and it's sort of exciting. Except for that aspect, I still find it curious, but everybody's different. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just fascinating to see, you know, you're going to have to kind of make accommodations. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I agree with you that it could be almost like a, I don't know, I don't want to call it a cop-out in any way, because I think I don't know enough, right? Yeah. I, I, it would be sad for me to kind of opine on something that I don't myself experience. Yeah. Well, 
Some people don't have any problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think most of yeah. them white men in America. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I could kind of go back to oh, sure. something we talked about earlier uh, with fascist and emotional fabric. I mean, not to get too. <laughs> yeah. No, but I had this one young client. She go- kind of falls into that first category of people, like very young, very strong. She was like, you know, powerlifter, really was into maximal lifting, had a traumatic event she didn't want to talk about. But right after that traumatic event, which was not physical, it was more uh, emotional trauma, she had a complete rectal prolapse. Mm, and young. it wow. was so sad because like to think of like when you have such distress that you can kind of create this full body almost disconnect because that's like a deep you know a, you know deep rooted core failure and it didn't happen during a lift and yeah. that's what's so interesting because you know, this person who was at the epitome of strength who showed no signs of it prior then would have this system-wide failure from this trauma. So we basically told her, you need to, you don't have to tell us, but you need to start tackling this issue hmm. and figure out what it is. And she did, and she got better. Hmm. But she was ready to go to surgery. And what were they going to do? What was the surgery? It was going to be experimental. Yeah. But, like, you can't sew that Especially shit Especially on up. somebody that young, because that happens to much older women. Yeah. For sure. This was yeah. somebody in their late 20s. Wow. Yeah, so it's just fascinating. So keep your emotions uh, you know, in check, people. Like Meaning, like, stay true to them, honor them, you know, don't, you know, tamp them down. You know, figure things out mm. if you can, and if you can't, try and get help. But it's a big deal, you know, like, it's it's fascinating. That, that struck me. Yeah. So, yeah, like, making things less taboo. Yeah. Like, being able to, like, actually say something to someone and them... Yeah, because there's definitely places in time where it was not okay to talk about any bodily functions. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. here, <laughs> let's, like, celebrate this moment where you and I are talking about the inside out and the outside coming in. Out. Exactly. The inside coming out. <laughs> Um, okay, so, all right, next one. All right, this is another encouraging one. Uh, longevity over, like, weight loss being a trend for 2023. Cool. Very cool. And it said, and I really don't think this is true. There's no way this is true. This one says longevity, so over one quarter of Americans practice biohacking. I mean, where are they? They're only people in Austin answered yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although, you know, during COVID, with yeah. the amount of people who rejected the vaccine and all this stuff, and, you know, some for good reasons, some for terrible reasons, that whole thing became a thing, I think. Um, mm. I guess because people were online more, but I remember in Oh, just like self fixing? Yeah. Yeah, self diagnosing? Like, you know, yeah. Term, I never heard of it until, you know, COVID and even during Clubhouse, where oh. the, the biohacking rooms had hundreds of people. Yeah. And it shocked me because, like, of course, it came at a time where people were trying to find, you know, ways of, of being, fortifying their immune system, doing whatever. But some of these people were such cracks. It mm. was, I hate to say it. Sorry, people. <laughs> but um, they were promoting things that were just really not cool. Outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And they had, the, anyways, I don't want to kind of go down that rabbit hole, but... Fascinating. I yeah. Think that, that's really. Yeah, I thought it was a big number. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Because the other the other numbers that come up when we talk about body positivity are like the the you know the obesity em- epidemic, mm-hmm. and there are ep- epidemiologists out there that say you know it's over half oh, of yeah. Americans, yeah. well over. Yeah. And there's no sign of it slowing down because of childhood obesity rates and diabetes and things and uh, metabolic problems very early on. Um, And the early puberties and stuff like that. uh, Yeah, anyway, so I was really surprised to hear that. So Mind Body, you want to, like, publish some more data on that and, and where people were taking your poll because again like i think a mind body app user is more affluent than not probably more used in cities i mean it's an expensive thing to have as a business yeah it's a very pricey thing so i can imagine only like say like you had a business in indiana and then you have one in bethesda yeah it's like it's like are you are they paying the same rates for softwares yeah. as as a Bethesda and New York yeah. City business? And so I like I just really question that yeah. one and I don't think and a quarter of Americans yeah. are using biohacking. Well, maybe it's a quarter of my body users yeah. which goes back to But they point. did say Americans. Yeah. And that I was affluent yeah. people yeah. because by virtue of being on that app you're going to a higher end studio. Yep. You know what I mean like Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not class pass even. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because exactly. class pass is um, for coupon cutters, really. Yeah, totally. That's what it is. And Very true. Well, I mean, you know, no shade, whatever. Yeah, 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 do yeah, your I mean, $5 class, whatever. But, like, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, just, I thought that was an interesting one. And this is the fifth one. And it's a good one to end on because it, like, really brings us back to our original, like, connection. And so wellness collectives are trending. And I think you and I both understand that. And so it said 43% of consumers say it's important to have a wellness community. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like someone who's like, I recently like committed to sobriety from alcohol. Oh, cool. And so, and I've all, and like also like having grown in a community, a wellness community for the past like three, four years personally on my own personal development and see and it, and that's within like the Wim Hof kind of uh, neighborhood which is a great place to meet people by yeah. the way oh my like gosh. talk about enthusiasm you can't you can't do an ice bath by yourself for some reason no. I mean <laughs> <laughs> you can take a hot bath well, by yourself, it, right? Like, and it's a badge of honor, so you have to tell me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm what I'm, I, but I do ice baths by myself. You guys know that uh, on my Instagram. Um, but anyways, they are better with people and friends and good soundtracks. But uh, yeah, so I just th- I think it's an interesting one to end on because um, we met through our mutual friend. Well, we're not sure how we met, but... We met many ways, We right? met like, many ways, yeah. This was... This, our orbits have been, like, finally we crashed into yeah. each other because our orbits yeah. are so close. Yeah, that's what it is. So one <laughs> of our... gravitational pull is too strong. Yeah, well, so one of the moons in our uh, stratosphere is Melanie Webb. Hey, who, Melanie. Hi, Melanie, who's been on our podcast twice and both featured on her app, I believe. Webwell, W-E-B-B, well... W-E-L-L, on the App Store. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of amazing fitness professionals in there, and we're two of them. And it's a curious array. It's very cool. Yeah. And she's such a good connector. Yeah. 
And when I think about people trying to create community and maintaining it, I do think about her. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you strive to create community in your yeah. life? How? I'm obsessed with it. Okay. And, you know, like in terms of like the fitness industry, we were kind of talking about it earlier. We touched upon it, but I don't see myself as having competitors. I see mm, myself as having, mm-hmm. you know, collaborators. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell, you know, like all my sort of fellow studio owners, please, 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 let's create a community where we foster like, you know, mutual ideas and like, let's collaborate rather than try and pretend that there's, there's so many, you know, potential clients and so many people need help. Yeah. Yeah. And I refer out obviously all the time Uh, and I get referrals and it's not just for that thing, but just to kind of foster a greater, like I want continuing education to become like a thing in DC. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Just get your fingers dirty. Yeah, truly. And, uh, explore. Yeah. So, I really love the idea of like just exploring when it comes to exercise and, you know, looking in the corner over there, you know, I have the perfect tool to do that. So it's like, um, I love bringing in practitioners and coaches and like we, we work with tennis coaches, baseball coaches, all the coaches and because they always have an interesting perspective on their, obviously their clients and their players, but also like just self-improvement and they're usually curious about the body. So like, that's exciting and they don't know enough to like, you know, like really have an opinion. So they just want to know more and it's even better. Um, and you know, what's ironic is that the, cause I have the benefit of working with some of the biggest minds in our industry is that the smarter these people are, the less opinionated they are. Mm -hmm. And the more they're like, tell me more about that. And it's like, so fucking cool. So you can kind of tell when people are at what stage of their knowledge they are. If they're like kind of low, they'll pretend they know everything. Mm. And as they kind of go up that trajectory, they're like, they're just more and more curious. And it's mm. just fucking cool. Ah. I, I love that. Okay, that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much for hanging out and coming to Alexandria. Truly, and thank you. Yes. This is ex- you know, this is many years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> we finally met. Yes. All right. Um, think Fit, Be Fit. Thank you guys for tuning in to this series. Um, if you want more interviews like this, please let us know at hello at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. Socials, thinkfitbefit underscore podcast. And, um, you know, always share this with your friends so that we can continue to just be more rational and insanely intelligent fitness consumers. That's my wish for you. All right. Happy New Year again. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.